time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 264. And ladies and gentlemen, very sad news. Very sad news about the show. This is the last episode. For July. Of a, of a, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, true. Of a long run of yeah. in-person podcast because yeah. Stephen yeah. is travelling next week and probably for the two weeks, two weeks and uh, we'll have to Skype or some other form of solution. Um, so had a good run, though. We've, we've had a good run. We've made it seven months in. in. That's yeah, yeah. pretty good. And I it think, might only be, what, one or two that we do? Like yeah. that? Oh, well, we might never see each other again. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that makes me feel safe, mate. Thank you. What, do you think I'll bring another bloke in? No, no. I mean, I I'm thought, taking applications. I thought you implied that my plane might go down or something. Oh, no! Jesus! That's what I was. That's right, what no, I was no, 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 not at all, mate. Safe travels, but no, I was yeah, just talking about brushing right. the podcast. Uh, <laughs> two blokes talking tech, episode two hundred and sixty-four. Thanks to the good people at netgear.com.au. My name's Trevor Long from eftm.com.au, and joining me each and every week, if you haven't already noticed, is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Stephen, uh, you've had a shocking morning, but we're gonna we're gonna fire <laughs> it up with a great podcast here, talking Absolutely, about the tech news. Yeah, the, my, my, I've had my own tech woes, which I won't go into here, but uh, it's been busy. I, I, I don't know. Did people know that we were coming here today? Because there's a big crowd here. Yeah, we're or at the it, we're, at, we're at the entertainment on? quarter in Sydney. Is there a sale on or something? Or did the people? Oh, know no, no, mate. Look at all together. the people. Look at all the people. They're just. Oh, <laughs> there's actually no one here. There's no one here, mate. No yeah. one here. We're, we're sitting on the old speedway, basically the old showground, the old showground, which is lovely. Yeah. Anyway, two blokes talking tech. Windows 10 people, if you haven't already got it, bad luck. You got to pay for it now. Essentially, unless you happen to download this podcast before midnight on the 29th when the free update's still available, uh, game over. If you want to update your Windows 7 or Windows 8 computer, you have to pay the $170-odd for a Windows 10 uh, licence and upgrade. And I think that's really disappointing because I've been encouraging people to do it. I think it's a great operating yeah, system. Sorry. I've been using it for some time. I, I accept that there's some computers that don't like it. You know, they're just a bit buggy. In my, my advice is upgrade. If it doesn't work or you don't like it, roll back. It's free. Um, now you got thirty days to roll back. Yeah, you got thirty days to, to try it. So if you don't, if you haven't heard this before midnight on the 29th and you do want Windows ten, the only other way to get it is pay for it on your existing machine or buy another device yep. that'll have it preloaded. Yep. And and then you'll be eligible then for the anniversary update, which yeah. is what we're going to talk about now. That's right. So um, the anniversary update, and this is interesting because it's basically saying. I kind of got the sense from Microsoft, and tell me whether I'm, I'm just on my own here, but I got the sense that they're not, there's not going to be a Windows 11 or 12 anytime soon. They're just going to do annual updates uh, to Windows 10. Uh, and this is the first anniversary update. It'll be available uh, next week. Um, from, the, from the second. It from rolls second. out from the second. Um, and basically, it's, it's an incremental upgrade to, to, uh, to Windows 10, but there's four or five really cool things about it. I don't think they're... Um, groundbreaking things that are going to make people want to run to Windows 10, but they're really nice little features. Um, the first one is Windows Hello. Now, Windows Hello is this situation where you can use either a fingerprint scanner or your facial recognition to unlock the computer, which is great, very easy, works really well. 
And what they're doing is they're bringing that to apps and websites. Yep. Now, with the greatest respect to Microsoft, the best way to explain this is iPhones. Um, you know, if you log into my bank, allows me to use my fingerprint to log into its app. Yep. Uh, Sportsbet allows you to use your fingerprint to log into Not the app. Not your face, though, mate. Not no. your face. No, but they're taking the biometric um, authentication for the device, yes. uh, and they're putting it into apps. I, I like how that the, the camera can see you, of course, and see that it's you, but. Is it, isn't it cool, like, being able to log into the sites? It's got, I'll go, you've got to be on Microsoft Edge browser, which is improving as well with the availability of extensions now. Yep. But um, I like the fact that, yeah, hey, it's you, Steve. You're going to let you in or Trevor, whatever. It relies on the sites and the apps actually implementing it, which yeah. is not an easy thing for them to do overnight. But I think and they're, they're, they're announcing it with Dropbox. Dropbox will have the Windows Hello integration. That's pretty cool. Look, as I said, it's not a groundbreaking thing, but it's, but it's not bad at all. Um, what about uh, Cortana? That's also a new feature where you can now access Cortana from the lock screen, but... It's not available to us straight away. It's coming coming in a few months' time. Yeah, if you've got the Australian settings on Cortana, you won't get it straight away, but you will get it in the future. Where basically, you, you, you can my mind sitting here now. It's not locked, but if it was locked, we couldn't. I couldn't say, "Hey, Cortana, how's my day look?" Yeah. She wouldn't do anything. But now she'll she'll give me basic information again, similar to the way that you know a lot of smartphones will show you information in the lock screen without you having to unlock the phone. And that that's not bad. I like I like too how it's going to work with third party apps as well. So you can like I think Stan is now available on Windows 10 so you could say uh, hey Cortana show me billions or show me roadies or whatever. tragically tragically Stan have built it so that you have to say uh, hey Cortana search Stan for billions so you have to actually give it a very specific Uh, command but I I just what I said to them I said look I think you've got to work with the app developers on that because Cortana needs to be smarter if she's yeah. going to be an assistant, she needs yeah. to be smarter and understand that, you know, search search, search for billions on Stan should work, but it doesn't. You've got to say search Stan for billions. Yeah. Anyway, it's a simple little thing. Um, Windows Ink, um, probably nice. my favourite thing. Um, I didn't even realise, to be honest, that the Samsung Tab Pro that I use the, has, a, has a pen. Yeah. But you click around the end of it, same with the Microsoft pen on the, on the surface. Um, when, when, the, when the device is off or, or when you're using you click the end of the pen... And it brings up this Windows Ink kind of uh, overlay on the side of the screen. And there's a few really cool things there. One of them is a sketch pad. One of them is sticky notes, as in uh, post-it notes. Sticky notes is cool. And the other one is uh, is kind of drawing on the screen. Sticky notes, to start with, is a, they, they see it as being a way you can just grab your tablet and go, I've got to make a note, click the pen, write a note, and it's done. It's saved. It's a sticky note saved. And there is a cool thing when Cortana actually fully integrates where you could just write a sticky note QF23 and it'll, you just, yeah. it takes a link, turns it into a link for, the, for a Bing search of QF23, the final. If you write a website address down, it makes it clickable, and, yep. and, and if you write a date or a phone number, it also it, it sort of sets things as well. I think uh, pretty cool. And uh, on the gaming side, that's exciting too, this where you can, you can integrate. It's, it's really deeply integrated in Xbox now, and in fact, you can play the same games across platforms. So if you, you've downloaded the latest, you've got the latest Xbox game, you'll be able to download the tablet version, the phone version, and play the same game, even pick up where you left off and vice yeah. versa using your Windows devices. So essentially here, what we're talking about is a kind of new... It is kind of a new platform. You've got Xbox, PlayStation, uh, PC, Xbox Play Anywhere. The, the, the titles have to have that. So let's say the next four is the next Halo. We'll say Xbox Play Anywhere. That means you buy the game on Xbox. If you've got a strong enough gaming machine, you know, you're not going to use it on your tab, but on your Alienware desktop PC, if you're running Windows 10, you can just... You own it. So you can download it, play it on that, that as well. So it's a really cool way to keep people in that Windows ecosystem across PC and 
and Xbox. And then those are just a, just a selection of the yeah. features, like uh, of, of actually every single new feature. It's sort of you can scroll down for two pages worth of uh, solid yeah, copying and pasting there, mate. It was, mate. Yes, it was. But the top bit was mine, though. I did. No, no, totally. That was my own top. <laughs> Do you do the same thing, didn't you? No. Okay. Well, well I, I want to give my readers a bit extra. Mate. Good for SEO. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but no, there is plenty there. It's it's a massive update, and uh, if you haven't got Windows 10, we both the blokes recommend you do yeah, we because do. Uh, it is it is a good system. And if for some reason you've got Windows 10 and you're scared of the anniversary update, don't worry. It's not a game changer. It's not a world anything. You probably won't notice it for the most part. But now's the time. I think Windows 10 is like uh, like iOS. You just need to keep updating it when it comes. But do you notice as a people? I, I'm I'm sure you've done had this too. You you people ringing on the radio and say. Look, I'm still running Windows XP. Is it like like, that, like, yeah. like change? Mate. Go and buy a new computer, people. Yeah. Um, I'm running. I'm no, running Windows Vista, and I'm thinking, okay, how's the therapy? You're going? the one. Yeah, how's uh, your therapy going? <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's uh, no, definitely. If if you're listening to this and wondering whether you need to upgrade, here's the answer: upgrade now. Yeah, full stop. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's been nine years since the launch of the iPhone and the original iPhone was actually only launched in the US I think in the UK as well I I was one of these nuts who brought one out unlocked it and then did that but we didn't get our first phone till Australia didn't get its first phone till the following year which was the iPhone 3G 3G and uh, but they just announced just the other day that they've sold their one billionth phone iPhone that's a lot of phones. Nine years. Now, that's actually a pretty short time when you think about it. A billion iPhones have been sold. And if they were all still in operation, that's like one-eighth <laughs> That's one eighth of the world using an iPhone. And I remember when, when like the launch member was in January at Macworld in January 2007, and when it was introduced... At the time, and you, I've actually included the link on uh, the YouTube clip on, on my story on Tech Guide about the billionth sale. When Steve Jobs first introduced it, his expectations were really modest. He said, if we can get 10% of the market, we'll be happy. And looking back on that, that was super modest for Steve Jobs, who was normally, you know, there, this is the best, the greatest. So it, it was that was really, really conservative for him. But... Look! Look what it's—it's it's literally reinvented the smartphone yes. market. It has become—it's it, 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 created the app industry. It's done all this stuff. It's created a device that we now—it's indispensable part of our daily life. Yeah. Think about—I mean—and this is—we're not trying to suck up here, but think about the jobs that have been created through app development. Think about oh, just yeah. the economy that has been created, the digital economy that's been created through devices like this. And yes, it's likely that other devices would have followed had the iPhone not, but. You oh, you got to say you look at Google's first attempt at Android and it was good, but it, it has in many ways followed and, and in other ways led the smartphone revolution. But if they hadn't have both been there, would it have been what it is today? Well, it's you know? evolved. The evolution has been fascinating, and I think the the history of the iPhone. I've, I've kind of just done a little potted history on, in my story there, and the I want to mention the iPhone four which was kind of the most controversial iPhone when you yeah. look back at it because the group was the one that the Gizmodo, no, first Gizmodo had it. Do you remember? They said, oh, well, yes. and I remember at, I, was at, I was at the launch. I was at the launch when it was at Worldwide Developers Conference in 2010. I was there when Steve Jobs pulled it out and said, um, jokingly, he said, stop me if you've seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> and so everyone had a laugh. But... It was the phone that was dogged with controversy. And then Antenna Gate, which as you've said before, the death grip, and, and he 
actually cut short a family holiday in Hawaii, Steve Jobs, to come back to hold this event. I remember it was on a Saturday morning Australian time to explain that it's not unique to iPhone and there was a guy who wrote a song about it and everything they started, they said it was on YouTube and I've, I've included that on my story too. But it was the phone that really had a – and it was the, the phone that Apple thought was going to be – that's going to be the springboard to them becoming a massive phone company, which they did yeah, yeah, become. Yeah. But um, it's had a very colourful history of the iPhone and led the way in terms of, you know, they've got a Touch ID now, 3D Touch on the screen, Lightning port. They're going to reportedly ditch the headphone jack for 7. So they're pretty bold when it comes to sort of rolling out the new features. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a monumental occasion. And the other thing that you've got at the bottom of your story is, uh, is some really cool stats about um, how long it took other industries or other companies to get to a billion. Um, the, the first one, I think, was uh, the cars. It took 131 years before there was a billion cars. Uh, cars a bit more expensive than a phone, though, isn't it? Like, still, in terms yeah. of numbers. It, well, it took 131 years. But I, I, I was surprised by the number of PCs. Like, PCs took 27 years to hit yeah. a billion. And that's that. What is it, Moore's Law, where they talk about how, you know, the evolution of, of, of computer processes and stuff. But that's the interesting one to look at. Really, you've got Coca-Cola, you've got Disney and stuff, but yeah, the PC... How many of them have you contributed to? Yeah, massive, massive. massive. Yeah, I'll probably hit a million <laughs> myself. Um, the, the PC is the interesting one because 20... And apologies for the cleaner walking past with the trolley. The 27 years yeah. for PCs to hit, you know, a billion compared to nine. Really, it's really less because the first year kind of doesn't well, count in a, in a sense. But, it wasn't that big. But you think that the personal, the PC kind of was the platform for what would become the smartphone because the smartphone's a computer anyway, really, isn't it? So we were, it took what you had on your desk and put it in your pocket really, yeah. didn't it, the iPhone? No, it's, it's amazing stuff. The stats, the uh, YouTube videos of the keynotes and things are all at uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, mate, we've uh, we've banged on for a while now. And in fact, it's nearly three years since uh, the $5 a day roaming was launched by Vodafone. Three years. A long time. And still kind of unmatched in many oh, ways mate, in terms of roaming. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's the it's the bee's knees in terms of roaming. If you're if you're a customer, five dollars a day is great. The problem is with most roaming across all the carriers is as prepaid customers, there aren't many options. So Vodafone today announced prepaid roaming add-ons for for, for prepaid customers. So global roaming add-ons for prepaid customers. So if you're someone who spends twenty dollars a month or fifty dollars a month or sixty dollars a month just prepaying, you know, you go to the survey, you go to the website, whatever it is, um, you don't have the option to take five dollar a day roaming, and you won't because that's a whole other ball game. But they've now at least given you some option to travel. So when you travel, you can pay either $25 for three days or $35 for seven days. And you can choose to have either data and texts and calls or just data. So if you pay 25 bucks for three days, you get 200 meg of data. If you pay 25 bucks for three days, you get um, 100 meg of data and 30 minutes of talks and 30 minutes of text. And it goes up $35 for seven days, 250 meg with 60 minutes of calls and 60 texts, or $35 over seven so, days for so 500 meg. This is with your own number. So you, you, yeah. your own prepaid mobile number. Yep. You don't need to buy a SIM when you get there. Nope. Your own number, and you just add this extra amount to get the roaming, the calls, the data. Yep. On your own number, yeah, and it's essentially same same kind of list of countries as the five dollar a day roaming. I haven't haven't uh, compared them side by side, but it's a it's a similar list. And you know, it's not the not the most affordable way to to get data. Let's be honest. You know, thirty five bucks for five hundred meg isn't great. But 500 meg may, may, may be all you need. My concern and my, my tip for people, and, and you would have similar tips, but I've written some on my website, is be very careful about roaming overseas because you turn your phone on and it downloads emails, downloads oh, yeah. app updates. So there's a yeah. bunch of things you still need to do before you travel um, to, to minimise the amount of roaming that actually happens while you're overseas, like turning off app updates, turning off background updates, 
push notifications, yeah. all those kind of things. Yeah. And well, it takes us a couple of days worth of emails, and then no, you're gone. And, 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 you, and you smash. <laughs> That's so, happened to me, actually, in the past. Oh, totally. Yeah, so, yeah. so a bit, bit of a warning there. And just comparatively, um, I think I've listed it somewhere on EFTM, you know, for, for Telstra and, and Optus, Optus only have pay-as-you-go, um, but for, for Telstra have 30-day uh, packs. For 29 bucks, you only get 100 meg. Yeah. Over 30 days. It's a competitive space. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that the telcos, the other telcos haven't been a bit more aggressive think, in this yeah, area. Both are, yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, how many times people say, to you, do I buy a SIM here? What do I do? Like, when they're travelling. It's, yeah, it's top three questions on yeah, TalkBack. Like, what's doing? Like, the, I think that if the, there's still some friction points there with Optus and Telstra uh, for, for them to, for a clear, uh, understandable uh, and, and decent Offering, yeah. Like I think you pay for Telstra, you don't get much, and it's a lot of money. Same with Optus, yeah. Vodafone is at least they're showing the way here for prepaid customers. So, you know, I think there's an opportunity there, but it all comes down to the deals they do with the other telcos, yeah. and they sing the same yeah. old song and say, "Oh, look, we, it's all their fault, not ours." Yeah. And yeah, well, and we know Vodafone has a better global network yeah. of companies, and that's in their favour. Anyway, if you're a prepaid customer, you're thinking of travelling or you're about to travel, not a bad thing to look at um, in terms of roaming options. Still, I would advise those still, even if you've got that as a backup wi-fi on the ground is is uh, is fantastic at, at all everywhere use it yeah, exactly <laughs> two blokes talking tech And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Their, um, their Wi-Fi range extender is worth checking out if you've got a, a large home or just a home with a, a dead spot in the corner where the Wi-Fi just doesn't cut it. Um, you think you've got great speed, you think you've got great Wi-Fi, but there's that one room in the house and it's probably the room you just want the internet in. A Wi-Fi range extender will take the, the best signal in, in the place that you put it and extend it out further into your home. And they've got great little um, Wi-Fi range extenders now that actually um, tell you where to place the range extender. So you move it closer to the router, further away so that you're getting the optimal signal. You can find those devices and more at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I saw you uh, yesterday wrote uh, about BP's new uh, um, fuel app, which we'll talk about in a second, and today Money Smart, which is a government organisation, right? ASIC, the Australian Securities Investment Commission, run the thing called Money Smart, which is all about kind of advising people so they don't get caught in the in the traps of you know finances and money and things. Yep. They've released an app called Money Smart Cars, and it's actually pretty cool. I'd love to show you, but it's on my phone and I'm using it to record. But <laughs> you get this dial and you say, how much does the car I want to buy? And it's $24,000. And you say, is it new or used? Yeah. And then have I got a loan or not? And just at a very simple glance, it says, here's the monthly cost of that car, like the running cost, yeah. and here's the total cost of that car over four years or five years. And then, you know, you can adjust it. You can say, my loan is this big or that big. If it's outright purchase, you think you're going to drive it this much or not that much, so you can tinker with it. And what's really interesting, Steve, is that it's um, it's putting right in front of your face, like the cost of car ownership, yeah. which is something like you and I don't, we, we own cars, but I've I got to be honest, if you said, how much does it cost to run your car every month? No idea. Yeah. I couldn't, in my head, work out my insurance, my CTP, my, my rego, yeah. and all those things divided by the month. And it's actually, mate, it's quite a lot of money. You've got plenty, mate. You don't need to work no, that no, out. It's yeah. flying. No dramas there at all. Yeah, yeah, no, cheers. No, I think, look, one thing that customers... Well, am I driving? A Mazda 2. <laughs> whether, whether, you're, whether you're a, you know, whatever you're buying, whether it's a car, whether it's anything, people want to know what they're going to spend. That, that, that predictability is what people want. 
And this is the thing about an app, right? Releasing an app, and that's obviously why we're talking about it, just it just puts it in the hands of so many more people. And you think, and I, I did a whole bunch of bunch of apps, you know, about uh, you know cars and money saving. And then you look is at what, what you did on Channel Nine today, yeah, mate, because the, your makeup looks terrific. Still, you haven't thanks, got your mate. makeup off. Yeah. Like you really, well, I want it to look good for you. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, you're doing very well. <laughs> it's actually disturbing. Why do they put that on with a spray <laughs> gun, mate? Have you looked in the mirror lately, mate? I'm I'm not. Pre- I'm calling me disturbing. I'm not claiming to be Robert Redford or anything, but they they pile that on, mate. They really had normally, a crack. Normally, I just get a dusting. They just, no. you know, dust. They got a spray Is that what out. they... Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, normally, I, yeah. I just get a dust two dust, seconds. Yeah, this woman got the whole paintbrush out. Yeah. Like, fully. Wow. Like a sponge and painted mate, it on. What was her previous work on Friday? Uh, <laughs> She's done some good job there, I think. If you support, yeah. Stephen, I appreciate it. Anyway, what, anyway, what you, you want to tell about? us about the BP app? <laughs> the BP app, well, this is, you know, traditionally you, you roll into a servo, you, you fill up your car, you go in and pay, and it's all Traditionally good. you roll up and someone else does it for you. But anyway, those days yeah, are gone. There, there, that's long gone. But now uh, BP have got this new BP Me app, which allows you to, and, and this is just being trialled at the moment, so you can go in, you can, when, when you drive in, you, you, put, you tell them what, pump number you're at on the app uh, you tell them whether you want to have a fill or, or the uh, a certain amount of money you want to put into the car and then you pay through the app so there's no need for you to go into the store you can just fill up and I recommend you keep the phone in the car don't be you're not supposed to use the phone is that right? Although I've yeah, seen, that is I've true. seen you do this. I've, I've seen, seen ex- you on the phone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have, I have seen you do that. I thought, geez, I'm waiting for this bloke just to burst into flames. <laughs> yeah, but you're it's still, still, you're still there near me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to break it to you. A petrol station burst into flames, everyone's gone. I understand. But um, this is, uh, and a few people commented on my story on Facebook about saying, oh, yeah, what about, you're not supposed to use your phone. And this obviously sits in your car. But the, the point of it is that it just makes it quicker. You, you, you pay and then you're off. Have they, have they not seen the fact that you can pay on credit card on the actual Bowser? Well, they, they have, but I think that rather than you having to get out your credit card and get your wallet out, uh, this is a, a much... I, a I think the other thing is, and they're, and they're launching this with their kind of plus card customers next month, yeah. so it's a very limited trial to start with. But I think the other thing is that you can also kind of pre-find uh, your location. You can yes. predetermine what you want to do before you get to the petrol station, but also the record-keeping side of things. So you put in the, put in the, the number of Ks in the car, that, that fill up, and it keeps a record of all that stuff. Yeah, so you get and, all your receipts and all of course. Yeah. Yeah. You've got and one you, place where all you your receipts choose the fuel type you want and everything. So, so you, if you know you want a certain type of fuel, BP have what? Um, what the cheap fuel? one. No, well, oh, you got to get the BP Ultimate. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I pump put in mine. Caltex is Vortex, and uh, uh, what's what's Shell? Shell is the isn't Shell the Vortex? Maybe that's Vortex. And and yeah, well, it's Ultimate BP Ultimate. It's petrol, yeah. mate. Yeah. No, but uh, it's it's Octane ninety eight. That's what I normally put in mine. Ninety eight. It's a rot. It you, you can choose. So you can choose the um, pump you're at, the type of fuel, amount you want. Hit done, and then you get your receipt. You got all there, all in the app, which is really handy. I think. Yeah, and you don't, and you know what? It's made it easier. You know the best part about it when you walk up to the counter. Instead of having one Mars bar, and they said, do you want a second one, please? I'm like, no, I don't need it. Do I look like I need a second Mars bar, mate? Well, Thanks very much. That's another question. Do they ask everyone that, or is it just fat people like me that they say, do you want a second Mars bar, mate? I went, Maybe. Mate, do you want a bigger coat? They think you're a good customer. But that, I that's think I'm a good consumer of that, Mars bars. That's another thing that the BP is going to miss out on is the, oh, the, point, the right? those impulse purchases, which yeah. you look like you've yeah. done a few, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> the impulse purchase at the counter. Listen, the last time, <laughs> the last time I bought petrol, and and didn't buy a coke or a chocolate. Yep. it's not possible. I don't. I yeah. don't remember it ever I happening. It was, I think it was before you had your license. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, who does that? Yeah. 
Just well, just have a little snack. Absolutely. No, I'm with I got a twisty. I'm with you. Well, we, I'm we big twisties fan. Do you like twisties? Yeah, we drove to Walker. I think we did a couple of oh, packs smashed twisties, a couple yeah. of twisties, twisties and cokes and chocolates and everything. Even my Snickers wrapper flew out of the oh, convertible. Oh yeah, woo! Yeah. But luck, luckily we pulled over and went back and got yeah, it. That's right. Yeah, we did a UE and turned around and got it. That's right. <laughs> On the M1 motorway. <laughs> but the BP Me, uh, that's it's a limited trial. I think it should be available to everyone by October. But they are they are doing a trial with BP card holders at the moment. So expect that to. To, uh, come our way in the next few months. I'm going to make some inquiries. I want to know whether I can still earn my Virgin Velocity points at BP through I'm the app. Sure, you would. You just you just got to work out how to get your Mars bar through the app. I'm prepared. You know what? This could be this could be <laughs> a health starter for me. This in. could be a health kick. I might I might get only. Off the Mars but isn't that isn't that like it, it isn't it like the movies? You know, you go. I'm to not the, making a commitment. No, no, no. Isn't, isn't it? But isn't you walking into the <laughs> to the station to buy, pay for your fuel? You know how they make all that extra money. They say, "Oh, you want a coke?" And you got this deal and all that deal. Like, and I say, "Mate, I don't want anything. Just the thing. Just my petrol." Right? You're a different story. But that, isn't isn't that? It's like when you go to the movies. They make more money off the popcorn than the actual movies. I'm pretty sure that's the so. Case. What's the deal here? Well, what do you think? Coles and Woolworths are in sh- in service stations, not for the petrol. I'll give you the tip. But if you want to buy your milk or something on the way. You know, you want to get the laser cheeky Mars bar, then you're gonna to have to go in. Cheeky Mars bar. Every Mars bar is a cheeky Mars bar. You can read about the BP app at techguide.com.au, and I've got a bunch of money, money smart, and other apps at eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. My hand like frozen. Would you would want to just rub them together? Do you want me to hold the phone for you while you rub them together? Do you want to hold it? There you go, mate. Geez, you're soft. Well, what are we talking why, about why now? Why the uh, you phone more often. I'm happy to, mate. Oh yeah. You'll, 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 you'll get less. You'll get less. You'll get less of a say. <laughs> but what are we talking? What are we talking about now? We're talking about iOS 10 and Mac OS Sierra. Thanks for letting me warm my hands. Which uh, it's okay, and as long as you didn't warm them on me. Let's just make that clear that you just did them on your own. I'll keep the bit in where you're talking. The, about. <laughs> the hands that is. The um, iOS 10 Mac OS Sierra not out officially for a couple of months, but. You can get your hands on them today. Yeah, the public beta launched uh, a few weeks ago. A little while ago, and you can, if you wanted to, upgrade to iOS 10, Mac OS Sierra, but word of warning, uh, they're pretty stable. I'm running them now. Yep. Pretty good. Uh, iOS 10, if, if it's... Just remember, it's not complete, so it may be a little bit buggy, but not too bad. Yeah. I've had worse in the past. So just if you've yeah, got you know, another I was, phone... I was just going to say, in terms of betas... Um, yeah, it's it's probably the most stable yeah, that they've done in the years. Yeah. So I'm running it on my primary phone because I've only got one. Um, you love to live dangerously, don't oh, you? On You're the edge. You're on the edge. On the edge. Awesome. But, you know, so I, I nervously am recording here because like, something could go wrong. And I noticed yesterday I was um, I was doing this thing where they had a, one of those Snapchat geo filters yeah. and it just wouldn't work. It would be white screen. On, and, on and, the, yeah. and everyone else's phone's working. So the only factor yeah. was iOS 10, so I assumed that was the bug. Yeah. Um, but in, in, the, uh, in the update, the beta program, you, there's a feedback assistant, yeah. so you can say to Apple, look, Snapchat location doesn't work. I just assumed they would write back and say, well, mate, you, what are you doing? Don't run it on your primary phone, you goose. <laughs> but that's the whole idea of the beta program is for you. And it's the same deal for your Mac OS Sierra, which I'm running as well. Not on this, I've got another Mac running it. Yeah. But um, that, again, has the feedback How assistant. How many Macs have you got? I've got a few. Well, at least a couple that still work. <laughs> we won't go into that, though. But um, the it's pretty easy to do. You go to I'll put a link on Tech Guide. You go to the software program page, register your device. You can do it on the on the device now. It used yeah. to be you had to do it on the computer yeah, and download. It's on so on the easy. phone. You, you can all you need to do is download a profile. So yep. it puts a profile in there. Then the next thing you do is go to the software update, update. and it's sitting there. Public, yep. public you can do it on your watch too. 
as well. Yes. Can you do the OS yes. three? OS three watch you is you know I'm, I have none of it, but I, I I looked at them and I better do that. Can you really? I thought yes. it was only for the. Um, no, I, I, I thought you had to be a developer to get the watch one. Well, when I when I went to do the profile thing, it said which one do you want to do here? And bingo, I, I chose phone. But I'm, I'm have a we might have a look at that. But so I, here, here's my initial feedback about iOS ten. They're doing some weird stuff with the lock screen, right? Where they're trying to create this today thing, like Google yeah. Now style and widgets, right? But here's what's happening: is you unlock the phone with your fingerprint, and and it doesn't open. And I'm also, I'm but also. Isn't it, isn't it just raised? No, no, no. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that are going on that really mess with your head, right? Because you <laughs> turn the phone over and it turns on. Yeah. You're not used to that. You're used to having to press the button to turn yeah. the screen on, and then you're like, oh, it's on. And then you go, you put your fingerprint on because the screen's on. You put your fingerprint on. It doesn't, still doesn't unlock. It, it just says unlocked, and then you can swipe and you can look at your yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's this kind of um, middle, middle, middle ground between locked and unlocked where you can still play around. So it's like purgatory, mate. Is that yes, purgatory. Yes, iPhone there's an purgatory. unlocked purgatory. Yes. Well, what one thing I think the reason for that is because if you are an iPhone user now, it unlocks too quickly. If you've got notifications and you, you touch your, it, oh, it's unlocked and where the notifications go? Well, slide down, mate, from the top. Well, well, not everyone's doing that. And and by Apple's own admission, they said, well, this is one of the reasons we're doing it because so that people can actually see and interact with the notifications. And this allows you then to use finally more uses now for 3D touch. So yeah. if you want to, you want to act on your notifications, your message, your replies, whatever you want to do. From the lock screen, 3D touch, you can reply to messages, do everything without a, you haven't unlocked the phone yet. So it does get give you that opportunity I before just, you unlock yeah, the phone. If I was Apple, <laughs> if I was in the war room saying, "What are we going to do?" Okay. With iOS 10, I would have just gone, "Forget all that crap. Just make it unlock. <laughs> make it unlock without pressing it." Like a Huawei and an LG and every other person with a fingerprint scanner does yeah, these days. But no, I don't, I, I don't mind that feature. I've got to say, I don't yeah. mind being able to actually choose whether I want to interact with We're going to be in separate war rooms, let me tell you that. All right. Well, another another feature I quite like on iOS 10 is messages, you know, the new effects. Yeah, I haven't noticed yeah, you send me any any well, beautiful messages. I will. Actually, now that I know you're on iOS 10, I will send you some. I'll, from I'll your private you. number. Oh, <laughs> yeah, from my secret, secret SIM. My secret SIM. Woo! <laughs> Joey got the secret SIM number? No, she has, actually, yeah. Oh, so don't, that's the don't, hong line. Don't panic, mate. I'm going to send you little hearts. <laughs> Yeah, you do that, mate. You do that. And what, look, there's plenty of options from the you know, the full screen effects. You've got um, the um, bubble effects, but you can also, to, you know, like on your on your watch, you can write high or you know yeah. get whatever Sketch. and all that on it. Sketch on it. You can also send messages like that. Um, and the home. The, this is my another favourite yeah. feature is the home app, which once it's installed, it'll look for everything on your network and just find it. Like I've got all the hues, which will. Talk, are we talking about the hue later? Yeah, we, uh, that, so that that's already on. Uh, that's already on. It was already all yeah. I did was open up the app, yeah. and was there. So really, really good way to the the access map, all of that. The map update, which they, which they talk about at WWDC, I think is excellent. Um, um, by the way, the CarPlay integration update is excellent. The, the navigation is much more readable now on the screen. Um, but what I love is you put a place in it and, and it gives you the options of like finding a cab and yeah. all or these or different or things. Or yeah, 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 it's oh, cool. All right, Mac OS Sierra. Uh, this is a feature I like because, I don't know, have you got security on your Mac when you, you got when it goes to sleep, you've got to type in a password? Yes. So now with your Apple Watch, that can just unlock it straight away? Yeah. Really I cool. desperately want to test that. Yes. <laughs> well, here's a feature that I really like. He's been able to cut and paste. I'm just worried devices. that's going to be as reliable as AirDrop. 
Yeah, airdrop usually works. Usually? Usually. I reckon I think it's been three better. out of four times. I'm going to say, I think it's been better in the last six yeah. months for some reason. Yes. I think they might have tinkered behind you. the scenes. Well, the continuity, like say you've got, and this this is going to really help me because I've got a massive documents folder on my Mac at home, on my desktop, and then I'm thinking, God, I really want to access that document. Now the document folder is going to be in, the, in iCloud. Ladies and gentlemen, he's never heard of Dropbox. Yeah, no, I've, well, I have got Dropbox, but the files I want weren't in Dropbox. I didn't take the time to... I didn't know... That's his own fault. <laughs> I didn't know before I left home that I would need that document later in the day. Just use it as your default. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's... I quite like... 13, 13, 32, uh, Saturdays, 3 o'clock. Yeah. Just ring up, mate. Yeah. I can help you with all this stuff. 873 on a Wednesday. Tuesdays at... Uh, uh, Wednesdays, Wednesdays at 2.30. 2GB, that's right. Yeah. But the uh, iCloud drive... Yeah, it's cutting, podcast cutting every week, mate. You'll take life. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Yeah. Send me an email. Happy to get you on the show. Help you out. Yeah. You don't like dropping many names, do you, mate? Good on you, mate. Give yourself a plug. You do a podcast. You could. That was your perfect opportunity to give yourself a plug. No, well, that's that's all good. You can you can send stuff in, and I will answer them on the Tech Guide help desk on the Tech Guide podcast. But uh, the biggest thing for me on Mac is Siri. Now Siri's now on the Mac, and it uh, it allows you to do web searches and do all kinds of things. And it's it, hey Siri, it's, open a private browser. It, what are you about to do? <laughs> hey Siri, find me the best whatever sites. <laughs> Hang on, look at look at how. Well, I don't know what you mean by find me the best. Find me the best. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to say porn sites, no. but I didn't say that. But Siri, uh, and, the, and you can pin those results. So say you, the, the, yeah, example, cool. the example they gave was, oh, look, go find, uh, search the web for pictures of Trevor Long, and then the, all these things, pictures of you with me makeup on will come out. <laughs> And you can then pin that and drag it into a presentation or, you know, find me pictures of Yosemite and then you get those as well. Or, or searching your own files, like find me the photos that I took on my holiday or find me pictures of the dogs. Yeah. And it will recognise those uh, just like it will on your, on your phone as well because of the phone's uh, it, it's ability to sort of see what's in the pictures. So exciting updates. Apple Pay as well is coming to Mac OS Sierra too, so you can get these today if you want to, if you want to install them, but be sure to back up your stuff first. Back up just in case. This is great advice from Stephen Finney. Two blokes talking tech. Alright, a couple of quick um, shall we call them personal things? Sure, um, before sure. we get on to the minute reviews, um, Stephen, <laughs> each year at around, I don't know, it's November, is it your Call of Duty um, November crap the comes 5th, out? Yes. I mean, um, game comes out. <laughs> um, you get very excited. Well, do, <clears> it's yeah. around this time of the year where Trevor Long gets very excited. Formula One <laughs> game released by Codemasters every year about this time. And this year, Stephen, <clears throat> the people at Codemasters sent me a PlayStation yeah. with a preview version on it because wow. they sent me an email and said Would you, why are you whispering because <laughs> I'm very excited I'm trying to contain myself <laughs> they, they sent me an email and, said, and you know we get these things do you want to come along and, and trial it play it da, da, da. <clears throat> and they said you know we've got a down, download code for Steam and I said I don't have a gaming rig that's a, yeah. a PC that's stupid yeah. um, they said do you want to come to our offices and we've got a, we've got a steering wheel and everything so I said listen please oh, and I sent them a photo you say you know who you're talking to yeah. is that what you said I sent them a photo of my yeah. Red Bull play seat with a steering wheel and everything and I said listen I'm going to need another option she goes well listen there was an undisclosed option 3 we'll send it to your house so they sent me a PlayStation and I've got a preview build of Formula 1 2016 PS4 shouldn't it be shouldn't it be F1 2017 no it's 2016 it's stupid you're right it is stupid it comes out go the year after no it comes out in the middle of the of the season oh. yeah anyway breaking news um, so <laughs> did you do that last year yeah, every year it's always the same. Okay. it's crazy um, so here's the thing 
Um, I, I, I'm just previewing. It's not real full review. It's just having a look at the game, basically, see what's different. Career so mode. Write oh, I've written. I've, I've written a preview. Oh, okay, right. I'm saying, Stephen, this is a preview, not a review. Ah, but when is it out for the general public? August the 19th okay, comes out. So, so three weeks. So <clears> yep. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, career mode, where you actually become a Formula One driver and write you through. So hang on. Career, career mode or career mode? We, which country are you in? Korea, as in Korea. your Formula One racing career. Korea. Okay. <laughs> I thought you had a special track in Korea. <laughs> You have Kim Jong-un who's going to let you into North Korea or something. Anyway, so it's, it's uh, super advanced now. You've got, a, you've got a manager to help you negotiate contracts, all that kind of jazz. But on the track, they've really, like, they've stepped it up a gear in terms of you've got to, you've got to do the starts all on your own. You've got virtual safety cars. You've got safety cars more often now than not. Yeah. Um, How it's, good are It's you much on? more. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Yeah, right. yeah I'm pretty good. But, uh, At Albert Park, uh, with I'm, your I'm rig, amazing. So with, oh, your, with your with steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've got no, a big rig, good. I heard, mate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but. Two, two things I noticed in the gameplay that I think people want to look yeah, out what's for. What's the difference? What's the difference? Well, the track, honestly, the graphics don't look that much better. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like we need a 4K version. I think we're already, mm. we're, and I don't know that they haven't announced that, but yeah. I think that it needs to be there. That's Formula but, 2017. Yeah, maybe. I think that's a year too late. Anyway, sparks uh, from, from the bottom of the cars, which is very real, because it happens oh, in real I life. I was always said you need They're there. And that's the think about how, how big a deal that is on, yeah. on, a, on a simulation. It, it, it looks real. Don't know, that, that's what happens. And, and when you lock the tyres, smoke from the tyres too. It, it's very realistic Sparks and also when you smash into the wall which which that. I did purely for testing purposes <laughs> um, the wheel the wheels stay on the car like tethered on as they do in real life very realistic yeah. but here's the thing I'm most looking forward to and I haven't tried yet and I will in, in a few months PlayStation VR it's VR compatible whoa, so I'll be able to get this whoa. I'll be able to sit sit in your rig in my rig in any room in the house with, your VR. with the VR headset on and just play the game but with your wheel though you've got to yeah, hold the wheel no, no, but that's what I'm saying I'll be in the rig I don't need to be in a, in a lounge room with a TV so when, so when you were in the VR you'd be able to look down and see your hands on a yeah. wheel and see all the controls and, yeah, and look around look wow that might even get me I'm, playing this I'm game I'm telling you mate that's it's going to cool. be the coolest wow we yeah, might, that, we might have to have a race off. So hang on. So the, do you think that'll be compabible with this version of the yes. game or not? It yes. Is. This oh, version yes. of the game oh, is oh. going to be VR compatible wow. when PlayStation VR becomes available. VR is going to be massive. That's oh. going to be massive. In gaming, yeah. in gaming, yeah. VR is going to be massive. I'm, I'm convinced that PlayStation VR. Duty with VR. That's, that's going to be, the point, that's right. be unbelievable. <coughs> Huge. Yeah. Anyway, because yeah. think, think about in Call of Duty, right? Think about the number of times that you need to, you just want to do the peak. Yeah. Peek around behind you. Turn around behind you. You no longer need finger control for turning. Yep. Or peaking. So, so you just got a forward yeah. and back. Yeah. So, you, so you, you've got control of your legs with one thumb yep. and, sh- and your gun with the other. That's awesome. Oh, mate, it's going to be huge. It's anyway, a game changer, I get it? Yeah. It's a game For F1 2016, <laughs> uh, my preview is up at EFTM.com today and the full version comes out August 19. Cannot wait, Stephen. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. Stephen All right. Well, th- this is this is the part of the show where I'm going to talk about technology, but it's, yep. a, it's a semi rant as well. Yeah. And it's, well, to it's do, not a semi rant. It's to unleash do, my man. <laughs> it's to do with the bunker, the NRL bunker, which is you know I'm a big NRL fan, mate. I'm a big footy. Well, let's, fan. let's go back 20, 20 steps here, though. For those that aren't in NRL territory, the NRL introduced a a bunker. Literally, it's a, it's a room with all this computer screen technology in it that would act as the video referee for every single NRL game. There's no more no more video referee at the ground when they go to the to the to the video they're going to the bunker yeah it's multi-million dollar operation now the the whole idea of the bunker is use and look I'm, I'm all for technology but there's a limit to what how it can be used in this case now the, the, the we're, we're faced now with a situation where the video referees are stop are, are looking at footage at a thousandth of a second and seeing oh his finger came off the ball then and 
it's really sent the game backwards. I think that the, the league is a game of metres, not millimetres. So that it, to the naked eye, what would look like a try, if slowed down to a thousandth of a second, of course you're going to find something wrong. If they did that for every decision of the game, it's really going it, to it's going to affect results. Imagine if they started doing that for every player of the game in terms oh, of forward passes, it, and you had like the virtual line there. It just exactly. there's always going to be passes that are just an incremental, like a six centimetre oh, forward. But look, I think if, it, if it's bad, if if it's if it's warrants a look on the field, if it, if it looks well, that, that looks pretty rough. Then sure, go to the video referee, but. Just for referees to cover their own back, they're just terrified of making a decision, and now they're just referees are now looking for what's wrong with it. It's like if I was to buy a brand new car and drive it straight to a mechanic, I guarantee you they'll find something wrong with it. Well, so devil's advocate, isn't the problem that we bag the referees so much that they're forced to try and cover their backs and not make mistakes? Well, here's the paradox, mate. Here's the paradox. I watch a lot of footy. Do you really? I believe... Which team do you support? I'm a Rabbitohs man. I know that, mate. But look, that aside, and and I've tweeted uh, countless times... I'm still a Queenslander, by the way. Even though you say three times a year, mate. It's it's not origin season. I'm still a Queenslander. Good on you. Once a year, Queenslander. But uh, um, every uh, if, if something's a bad decision, even if it's the roosters at the end of the decision, which I don't like the roosters, but I'd still speak up and say they got robbed. So referees now, here, here's the paradox in my mind. Referees are over-refereeing games. They're blowing the whistle so much for minor things that could have just been let, let them play. Yet when it comes to making the most important decision of the game, they're gun-shy. They think, oh, hang on a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this up to the bunker and, and you know, check back 50 metres for that obstruction, check for this, check for this, and, of course, they're going to be trying their best to find something wrong with it. So your full rant is available at techguide.com.au, but your yeah. basic principle is technology is amazing and great and we can do amazing things with it, but sometimes it's just a bit much. It is. Like, you know, back in the day when there was one ref, two touch judges, they, they had a look at it and made a decision. Whether they got it right, you know, the TVs would replay it. Oh, hang on, his finger came off the ball. Well, it's a try, mate. He's awarded the try. And, and it's a swings and roundabouts for both teams. And I think that, that's the consistency we lack. The more referees they have, the more interpretations, the more inconsistency. That's the issue here. So I'm all for technology, but use it only when you desperately need it. If you can make a decision, make it. Here end of the rant and the full details are at techguide.com.au. All right, we need to wrap it up, and we do that each and every week with the uh, minute reviews from Stephen. And Stephen, you've uh, you've desperately embraced the Philips Hue 2.0, mate. Oh. I've got to say, I'm a fan. The Philips, I, I, I used the original Philips Hue, which was good. The bridge, the bridge was uh, was okay. The new bridge is brilliant. You can things are found straight away. It's fast. Uh, it, it's really easy to set up. So you set up your bridge. You set up all your different globes. Links up to the app really well. Allows you to control not only turning lights on and off, but the color, the brightness. You can. Even even set times for them to come on and uh, create all these different routines, group them together. There's that you can even buy switches as well, so that you can you can um, you can set the uh, the set you know, the different four different buttons on the switches and the dimmers and all that. Um, but one of the really cool features I like about it is the Siri control. So you, you're able to say, "Oh Siri, turn the lounge on or yeah. turn all the lights off," and it just does it. You can even do it through your watch. Very quick too. Yeah, it's my really, kids love really it. No, hey Siri, turn the playroom light blue. They love it. <laughs> so I, I just love. Apologies to all the people who hate us saying the words, hey, 
followed by the name of the voice assistant on Apple. <laughs> so look, I, I just think this this is a great example of a of a home automation device, a smart home device that's really easy to set up, and they're all different alternatives for the lights. You can get strips and, and the oil. halogen now as well. Yeah, to, and the down lights as well. I think you better get soon as well. So if if you want bayonet and screw, it's everything. Yeah, if you want to control your lighting really intelligently, it's even smart enough to know that you've left the house and can turn all the lights off. Same deal if you're coming home, turns them all on. I think this is a terrific product. Starter packs 145 bucks, and it allows you then to build on that as you go. Philips Hue 2.0. And uh, great HomeKit integration. Ift integration is a very open platform. Check it out. Techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And lastly, mate, for the uh, big sound and party-like atmosphere, LG's big speaker. Mate. This is the uh, FH6 is the uh, the, uh, ah, the, the ultimate ultimate speaker, whatever they call it. It's a, it's a big speaker. It's nearly a metre tall. You can you can have it um, standing vertically. You can even put it horizontally. But not soundbar. It, 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 you could use it as... Uh, you can put it next to your television as well. You can also pair two of them together. It's Bluetooth, so you can pair your phone, your other devices. You could even have your friends over so that three or four people can be paired at the same time and you can sort of play tab turns, playing your songs. But if you're there's a bit of a DJ happening uh, there, you can also use DJ effects. There's like a platter. You can do some scratching and some sound effects. You can even turn this into a karaoke machine. For, for the record, people, Stephen did a scratching um, <laughs> with his finger style. Yeah, yeah. Actually did the action of it a DJ. Really good, you look great. I, I, mean, I thought I showed you at my house, the speaker, but you, you're having a crack at me. Okay, funny. But um, the, it can also be used, uh, you connect to your television, which I've already mentioned. But the... Uh, the, you can pair two of them together. But the best p- feature about it, apart from the sound, is the lighting. So this is not only a great sound system, it's also what puts on a light show. So the, the, the speaker cones light up all different colours in time with the music. There's a, a strip of LED lights in the middle. And you just you can sit this in a dark room and it puts on a show. You hear your music, you see the lights. Right. It's a great experience. Great for parties, great for uh, outdoor parties. It's $599. Yeah. It competes right. heavily with that Sony one that's a similar style product. So head to head, they're a quality product. Two blokes talking tech. You can find details on that on techguide.com.au. Right, yeah, Stephen, it's been wonderful seeing you every week um, for the last, uh, <laughs> what, 27, 28 weeks? I am. I'm going to miss you, mate. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, well. We'll talk on We're FaceTime. as far as the phone, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they anyway. say, mate? Absence makes the heart grow fonder, do you? This is getting weird. Does your missus ever too? This is getting weird. <laughs> Stephen's going to uh, the Samsung Unpacked event where I'm sure we'll see the next Note. Note um, 7. Note 7. They're skipping 6 for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> they're skipping 6. Note 6. Note seven. Is there any... Is there any... Well, because they're up to the S7 now. Mm. They want to bring it up to speed. That's all I got. Massive contract. That's all I got. So, Stephen, we'll uh, we'll be doing the next show before Unpacked, I think, anyway. So, we'll we'll talk about... No, it'll be the day... uh, It's Wednesday, early Wednesday morning. I'm sure you'll be up at 1am for the... uh, On August the 3rd. I don't get out of bed for Wednesday, Wednesday evening... <laughs> yeah, Wednesday evening we'll be doing the uh, Sydney time. We'll be doing the two uh, blokes talking tech. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> no worries. 